Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, how are you doing? Good, man. Just hanging out here on a Friday night, ready to talk some baseball. Had a week to think about uh, your question. Had a week to think mm-hmm. about baseball yep. in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Ready to go, ready to, ready to get the ball rolling here. Yeah, today on the show, we're going to finish up our Meet the Team segment, where we introduce you to the most important people that will be affecting the 2022 Toronto Blue Jays. In our debut episode, we talked a lot about uh, the offense that was coming on this team. We talked about Charlie Montoyo. And on their episode we did last week, we touched in a lot of the pitchers into our bullpen. So we pretty much got a lot of the big names out of the way already. So today we're going to kind of focus on a bunch of the side characters, like our broadcasters. We're going to talk about the GM and we're going to talk about prospects. Because who doesn't love talking prospects? Always exciting. Um, we're now into the month of February. And if this were a normal baseball season coming up, we'd be gearing up for pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. And we'd be finishing up any last minute offseason transactions that we have. But unfortunately, we're still in the middle of a pretty heated labor debate between the owners and the Players Association. So it seems like they're making some progress and they're getting there, but they're taking baby steps. But we still seem like we're quite a ways away before an agreement's made. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, seeing all this stuff on Twitter and a lot of it is negative stuff. Um, I would, me personally, it is, you know, every baseball fan out there would love to see, you know, some sort of terms being come to um, Mm -hmm. and just try to meet in the middle somewhere. I mean, I don't do finance. I don't do terms and agreement. for obviously a lot, it's a lot more complicated um, than it seems. I just hope they come to terms here real soon. Yeah, it kind of sucks that in 2020 we had the COVID shortened season, and the players' association had to agree with the owners about when are we going to get this COVID shortened season in. And there was a whole bunch of arguments with that. It got very heated, and here we are, not even a year or a half later, and we're doing it all over again. Like you know, there's definitely some frustration on both sides. I just. I wish we could just move on. I wish an agreement could be made and we can get talking baseball, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, man. 162 games and a full spring training is what our players deserve. Mm-hmm. And the fans, we want to see ball. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm your typical Jays fan. I want to see a lineup of guys in spring training go out and do their things. Young guys, old guys. And at the start of the season, I want to see the best team fielded based off who performed in spring training yeah. and who is the best performers in the past. I think, th- I think that the MLB deserves that. I hope that, uh, you know, the commissioners group and whoever else can agree on something with our players. And I'm behind the players 100%. Yeah, I think we're a pro player uh, podcast over here. It would sure be nice though, if the people who ran baseball liked baseball more, but absolutely hey, what you going to do. Um, So before we continue, we're going to talk about the guys who are calling the action for this uh, 2022 season. And let's start with our our main guy, Buck Martinez. I'm sure if you've been a Blue Jays fan for years, you know Buck Martinez. You've seen his face. You know his voice. Uh, He's an old guy, 73 years old. He had a 17-year playing career. He was a catcher for the Blue Jays, the Royals, and the Brewers. Uh, He also was a coach for the Blue Jays. He was a manager in the 2001 season and part of 2002. Um, he became officially part of the Blue Jays crew in 2010. And yeah, he's like the guy you think of when you think of Blue Jays broadcasting in baseball. Love to hear his voice. He has such a unique call to the game. His swing and a drive call uh, when he knows it's a no doubter. I love to hear that as a Canadian baseball fan on the air. When guys like Edwin and Jose were hitting those big bomb Mm -hmm. seasons. Hearing him say that every broadcast, oh, it was great to hear, man. He has such a great voice for being a broadcaster. And you know what? 
He wasn't the best catcher of all time, but no. he sure as hell has one of the best throwouts of all, or I would say outs of all time, not throwouts. Yeah. When he broke broke his leg at home plate and still tagged out a runner. Hey, team player, it's all about the game, right? Oh, yeah. You know, you got to be a gritty guy when you're behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Another thing with Buck is just, I love the uh, get up, bomb, get up, God. He goes there. It's pretty great. Can you give me a Buck Martino's impression real quick? <laughs> I will certainly do my best. <laughs> yeah. Here's Jose Bautista. He'll come into the game one for three today. He doubled in his first at bat. That was in the first inning. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive. Get <laughs> yeah. up, ball. Get up. It is gone. And the oh. Jays lead it five to four. Man, that's beautiful. You had me fooled. Beautiful. Seems like just like that guy. Um, <laughs> Thing about him, I can't find any contract deals about how long Buck Martinez and stuff are going to be around for. I'm assuming they're going to be around for a few more years at least. Um, it's just when we went to the COVID shortened season last year, Buck Martinez wasn't in Toronto when we came back. And I think, now I don't know for sure, but I think it's just because he's not vaccinated. So he couldn't get back into Canada. So I don't know if he has gotten vaccinated since then or if he's, um, he's going to be doing something else or if he's still going to call games remotely. I have no idea what that means for Buck Martinez. and. Uh, broadcasting for the Toronto Blue Jays but I'm assuming it'll work itself out yeah I mean you talk about a contract and I hope hope that contract goes on for years and years because I could not get uh, sick of that man you know he's a he was an MLB player he's been part of the Jays organization for so long you know he's 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 the Jays family member you know he's the grandfather of the Toronto Blue Jays right now Mm -hmm. that makes sense all right, let's get into his partner, Pat Tabler, 64 years old. He was a former first-round pick in the Yankees in 1976, played for Cleveland, Cubs, Royals, and the Blue Jays. He was actually on the 1992 World Series team that the Blue Jays had, so he was on there. He also started in uh, 2010 along with Buck Martinez, and uh, it was actually his birthday on Wednesday, so happy birthday, Pat Tabler. Happy belated, Pat Tabler. Yeah, it's good. We don't really have much to say to him. He's a color guy. He just... Seems he goes about his business professionally. Yeah, he'll make mistakes sometimes, but you know, being a broadcaster's hired, you're obviously going to make mistakes. And it's just you wouldn't pick him out of a crowd, I don't think, but you know his voice when you hear it, and you know it's pretty solid. He is, uh, I would say, one of the more insightful color commentators um, in the games. Um, I've we see, I, I mean, me personally, <clears throat> when the Jays play it and they're on the Yes TV. Uh, yeah. or whatever listening to the, the 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 Yankees color guy or whatever like he's he's you know leagues below Pat or the White Sox uh guy like the, okay, Pat Ta- yeah I mean Pat Tabler's great I mean for what he contributes to the broadcast I mean Pat mm-hmm. Tabler you know is is the guy you want for something like that XMLB player you know a guy with a good voice that's recognizable um and knowledgeable for the game Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think every booth kind of just needs a guy like that, a quiet guy who goes about his business and just knows his stuff, right? And Pat Talbert's been that guy. Um, in two years ago, the Blue Jays added another guy to their booth. It's a well-known guy. If you know baseball, his name's Dan Schulman. He's 54 years old, um, who also has a birthday coming up. His birthday's next week. So happy belated birthday, Dan Schulman. Uh, he's I a wish Canadian you won guy. That. Yeah, absolutely. He went to Western University. Uh, he's got the very iconic deep voice that's soothing. Like I remember listening to his podcast, Swinging a <laughs> Belt, and uh, someone did a like analysis of Dan Shulman's voice and why it's actually so soothing to the ear to hear, and something about how deep it is. 
triggers our pleasure sensors in our ears. So it's <laughs> something wild about it. Uh, he calls a lot of college basketball games. He started calling Blue Jays games in 2016 after years of doing ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Um, it was also Dan Schulman. I don't know if you remember this, but back in 2011, he was calling a game between, I think it was the Phillies and the Mets. And it was when Osama bin Laden was announced that he was found. It was Dan Schulman who actually broke that news to the Americans that night that uh, Dan Schulman had been, or not Dan Schulman, that uh, Osama had been captured and whatnot. So he's had iconic moments in his broadcasting history. I would say that uh, when you're breaking the news, you know, breaking big news as a broadcaster, because mm-hmm. that would have been, you know, very big news. Um, you mentioned that. I can't actually reconcile the the call on that. I might have to look it up after because now I'm very curious. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Shalman would have a good voice, um, a comforting voice, almost mm-hmm. a fatherly, soft, deep voice. Yeah, uh, for something like that. So that is very neat. I remember watching that game in 2011. I was at a buddy's house and just as soon as he said it, he kind of gave you that calm, that comfort, that things were OK. And then the whole crowd finds out literally about five minutes later and you just hear USA chants and everyone's going nuts in Philadelphia. And it was a wild time. But yeah, um, Dan Solman's part of this team. He's good. He gets my vote for my favorite announcer. I think I like watching games with Dan Solman just a little bit more than Buck and Tabby. But uh, they're all great guys. They've been Blue Jays for forever. You kind of associate Blue Jays baseball with these three guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think my vote falls in the other category. Nothing against yours. We all we both have our reasons. Yeah, how dare um, you? Yeah, I know. How <laughs> dare we disagree on this show? Uh, no, I just uh, I'm more of a uh, light, light sounding guy. I do like this. I like Shulman's, you know, soothing voice. But I do mm-hmm. like that yippy sound of Buck's calls for a sharp play. That's what I'll call them is sharp plays because he gets genuinely excited. He really does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. And the excitement kind of runs off of you as a fan, right? Oh, absolutely. All right, Riley, trick, uh, quick question. Can you tell me who the Blue Jays radio announcer is? Well, forever it was, it was Cheek. Yeah. Tom Cheek for a long time. And then for, it was Mike forever. Hanger. Yeah, I, I honestly, <clears throat> I could not tell you that. I only know if you were to say Blue Jays radio, I would just say Tom Cheek because that is the one of the most iconic names floating from the start to, I would say, I, I don't know what year that would have finished. I'm going to say mid-2000s, but I, I don't have any idea, Jesse. Yeah, but you don't have an idea because there isn't any, which is bullshit, and I'm still <laughs> pissed about this to this day. Um, it was back in, before the COVID season in 2020 that the Blue Jays decided they're just going to scrap their whole radio broadcasting team, which is kind of weird for a media company who owns its own radio station. You think you could have uh, these radio broadcasts here, but no, they decided just to simulcast the live TV broadcast. So what you're hearing on TV when you're watching the Blue Jays is the same thing you're hearing when you're uh, listening to the radio, which is so hard to do. It's a different thing calling games on the radio versus calling Blue Jays games on TV. And I know so many people who just rely on the radio voices to get through their summer while they're mowing their lawn or while they're doing other things. Mm-hmm. They're at the beach and listening to Blue Jays baseball, and they can't do that. And that still bothers me to this day. I mean, I'm with you on that one, to be honest, man. Mm-hmm. If you're on the road, and hypothetically, I realize that you and I with our MLB TVs. Yep. Um, but if you're the casual viewer who needs to get, I won't say wants to get into the Jays, if you're the casual Canadian who needs to get into the Blue Jays, that is something 
Um, you're losing a huge draw, and that's unfair in a lot of senses, man. Because, I mean, we just on our phones like, ah, Jesse, do you want to watch, uh, you know, the Rockies and Diamondbacks tonight? Oh, yeah, it's on at 1030. Well, you know, <laughs> great, whatever. But if you're the casual viewer or listener, you know, for that matter, it, 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 it's, it's such a takeaway. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who find their love of baseball just from listening to on the radio, letting their imagination grow and they can't do that you know i don't listen to a lot of regular season games on the radio because usually i can find my way to a tv and i can do all that but uh spring training games were my jam on the radio like i would prefer listening to those over um watching the spring training games on tv because you get that sense of spring the excitement's there and with Mm. smaller crowds you know it really feels like a different experience and i'm pissed off that that's being taken away from us still and you should be jesse i mean you are you are quite passionate about this. I don't share in the same enthusiasm. Um, perhaps I should as a Jays fan, as someone who does listen to the radio daily, mm-hmm. I would say, um, do I find myself to a television set to watch and listen at the same time? Yes. But if I wasn't there, if I didn't have that available, yeah, it would really help out. So yeah, Jesse, I'm mad too. I'm there we go. Off. That does <laughs> suck, dude. That does suck. <laughs> That's the answer I was looking for. Let's get heated. Let's find a way to get Sportsnet to get their radio broadcast back. Oh, man. There's, well. Start sending <sighs> emails there. And you know who we're going to send those emails to? We're going to send them to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, who are our general manager and CEO of the Toronto Blue Jays team. Uh, both were brought over to this team in 20, 2015 after they spent long stints with Cleveland. Uh, when they first showed up, I found their arrival was kind of uncomforting because in 2015, as you know, that was the year the Blue Jays finally broke their playoff drought. We went to the playoffs for the first time in 22 years. And Alex Anthopoulos, who was the GM that brought us there, were like, this guy's our savior. He did what no other GM in Blue Jays history could do, at least for a long time. And why are they replacing this guy? Or who's the Shapiro guy who wants to kick him out the door? Why are they doing this? Like, Anthopolis finally made something happen, and I think that uh, that kind of got them off to a rough start here in Toronto. Yeah, well, uh, for the people out there who also think Moneyball is the best movie of all time, <laughs> he is the one who traded Brincardo Brincone to the Athletics. Sure did, yeah. the setup pitcher, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, um, set it in stone now, like, in my opinion, w- one of the greatest movies, even if you are not a baseball fan, and if you're a you know woman of any age out there and you find Brad Pitt attractive, it is another great movie to watch. Yeah, and I it's find just, Brad Pitt is, attractive. Oh yeah, no, it's a, a beautiful guy, beautiful movie, and yeah. it's 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 more. It is about baseball, but there is just so much more about that movie that can be interpreted. Uh, beautiful, but that's for me when Shapiro came. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I thought about personally is is when he was in Cleveland and they were collapsing there. I'm pretty sure they had, oh, they would have had Jake Westbrook as a pitcher, sure, Kenny yeah. Lofton in the outfield. Travis Hafner was first base or DH. They might have had a young Victor Martinez. Sure did, yep. Yeah, you know, and, and from there, I just, I know him because he was the only other GM beside besides Billy Bean played by Brad Pitt in that movie. So, of course, you remember things like that. Yeah, and uh, you can, you've mentioned some of the players that he had in Cleveland. Th- that kind of tells you what Mark Shapiro was always good at. I mean, yes, he's more on the business side here in Toronto, but he was good at bringing in that young team of talent. Had a good mm-hmm. Travis Hafner. He had Grady Sizemore, too. 
was a young, oh. talented player. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Victor Martinez. So they, that was kind of his thing. And when he brought Ross Atkins into Toronto with him, I know fans weren't really happy because, yeah, they were still good in 2016, but then in 2017 came around, the team started to kind of fall apart. You know, Baptista started to decline. Donaldson got hurt and, you know, this whole thing. And then they came up with the Shatkins nickname, right? Where they combined the two guys together. And uh, But the thing they've had, they've always had a plan, right? They always said, we're going to get a lot of prospects. We're going to build a core. We're going to have a core of prospects. Mm-hmm. They're all going to come in at the same time. Well, they're arbitration mm-hmm. eligible. Then we're going to add free agents to go into this team. Yeah. And now that we're here into 2022, he did it. He did his plan. You know, he had the young core of Bobachet, Vladimir Guerrero, Kevin Vigio, all these young prospects coming up. They all showed up. They got here at the same time. And now that they're here, they're entering their court. He's added the George Springer. He's added the Hunjin Ryu. He's added the Kevin Gosman, you know? So he's, they've done what they've said they were going to do when they got here. And it seems to be working so far. I mean, to me, the way that, uh, you know, Comparatively, um, because the MLB teams do not have a cap, they can pay penalties and whatever else. Um, working in the constraints of a budget, and you know, shout out to Moneyball again. Um, <laughs> we're a little bit more wealthy than Oakland in the 2000s, but however, um, you know, getting Bo and Vlad and Cavan, you know, before, you know, we have to pay them what I call big money and signing stars because George Springer is a star. Mm -hmm. You know, Robbie Ray is a star. We obviously we lost him, but now Kevin Gossman, I would say in one year, he has proven that he is a star and I hope he holds that star status. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's funny the way that baseball works, especially in the American League East, because you're working with this much money or you're working with this much money. Mm-hmm. We're about here. And we still field a team that got 91 freaking wins last mm-hmm. year. It's crazy to think about. Look at it on paper, the, the payrolls of some teams and how we performed. So we you- really did a good job at harnessing our young players and surrounding them with paid older veterans. Which is exactly what Shapiro and Atkins said they were going to do when they mm-hmm. got here. You know, it's amazing. Toronto was owned, or the Blue Jays are owned by Rogers, which is a massive telecommunications company. And boy, for having all that money, they sure don't act like it all the time, right? They kind of have in recent years with the Ryu and Springer transactions and whatnot. But for years, they never sent out these contracts for these players when they very clearly have the money. Money wasn't the issue. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's I mean, I don't know if it's selfishness or we're like, obviously, at the end of the day, things have changed. I talk to my, uh, you know, friends or family about sports and sports is not sports. Now it's a business. At the end of the day, you're trying to create a profit. And sadly, you know, as a fan, I know this um, and it kind of stinks in a way. But also the upside of that for any owners listening. If you spend money, you will get money. As in, mm-hmm. if you sign players for big deals that are good players, you will get a great return. People will buy their jerseys. People will buy hats, buy balls, buy tickets, buy hot dogs. You name it. If you field a good team, people will come and see that good team. Mm-hmm. TV viewership will go up, which is the big way MLB teams are making money these days, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to spend money to make money. It's common business sense, right? Uh, ex- ex- Exactly, man. It, it's, I mean, I think they teach you that in kindergarten nowadays. 
Yeah, teaching the kindergartners economics, you know, hey, got to start somewhere. All right. So that's kind of, I think, all the main players we're going to talk about. We've talked about now the GM and the CEO. We'll touch on them as the season goes on. If there's any new broadcasters coming in, we'll talk about those. Let's get into a fun topic here now. And we're going to talk Blue Jays prospects, because who doesn't love to dream on a prospect and what they could be in the future for this team? You know, these are the guys I don't know about you, but there have been Blue Jays prospects in the past that have gripped my heart. And I've just I've never let go of like, I still think Travis Snyder, even though he just retired, could still be a superstar who can mash 40 home runs, you know? Oh, my God. I would say, hey, you know what? Uh, before the show, we ta- I, I mentioned Nate Pearson. I said, you know, keep your expectations low in a nice way. I still expect things of Nate Pearson. But I'm going to say right now, let Travis Snyder go. He was a great <laughs> outfield. He was a great fielder for us. I think he did better in Pittsburgh, for God's sakes. Yeah. I still, he was the one prospect, uh, the Blue Jays prospect that I just fell in love with. Lefty swing, masher, like oh, I was certainly going to be a star. As, yeah, as, uh, talking from a lefty batter. <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. Oh, well. So let's get into then some new prospects that Blue Jays fans can dream on and go in. And we could just go down a list and talk about who they are in order and stuff. But what's the fun in that? Riley, what I'm going to uh, give you is tell me two or three prospects that you think are going to take massive jumps in 2022. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about position players and mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, perhaps a vacancy on third base. Yeah. You know, we have we currently have what seems like Santiago Espinal playing third base for us. But for those who know and for those who don't know, we do have a very good triple A and double A system, that being in Buffalo and New Hampshire. Um, and there are couple of what i would say very good defenders and you know potentially plus hitters which would be a ravels martinez and jordan Mm -hmm. groshans um in my opinion when you're a when you're a minor leaguer you're pretty much told where you're gonna play like if you're a grown shortstop like i i'm the varsity shortstop i play short this is what i did it's like yeah well guess what we just picked up four more of those guys you got to learn how to play third or second too right. you got to be able to you know play different positions that's what's going to help a baseball you know for those of you who don't know there are nine positions on the field i'm not asking you to pitch <laughs> but if you're an infielder you're an infielder if you're an outfielder you're an outfielder and i believe that Aurelvis Martinez is a great choice for a short second guy and Groshans being that guy for short third. So if, if, sorry, if anything, Groshans could potentially make his way up in the later stages of the season, you know, knock on wood, no injuries, things like that. Cause I would love to see these guys, um, you know, get adjusted at the minor league level still, because they are young, Jesse. I think yep. both 21, perhaps. Yeah, Martinez is 20. I don't have the age here on Groshans, but he's, you know, not much older than that. They're, they're, they're young. They're kids. They're kids. And they're great kids. They're great ball players, And they're plus defenders. And I'm a defense first guy. Mm-hmm. I would love to, you know, at some point, I'm not saying, you know, next week if you know opening day come on come on get these kids up you know at some point if they're hitting at the minor league level and over you know we'll say a satisfactory level you know give them a chance at the big league level and if they're going over four with three strikeouts just 
send them back down because they're going to still perform in Buffalo or in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's sink or swim, right? See how good they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about defense. With how much the teams shift these days, do you really even have a position anymore, right? Like you, you've seen third basemen just run out to basically a deep second base right field to field the ball. So I think it's good that you get reps at all of these positions. I'm going to give you a little uh, scouting report about these guys here too. So these are all from Fangraphs who just released their Blue Jays top 37 pro- uh 37 prospects and i'll give you a little rundown on or elvis martinez this is what they grade him so it's judged on the 2080 scale i know you know the 2080 scale but for the people watching at home 80s elite like vladimir guerrero's hit tool is an 80 you know it's very rare that people get those most prospects get in between the 40 and 60 range 60 is still pretty good pretty good skill 50 is not bad 45 is about average so i'll give you the rundown on or elvis martinez here his hit tool is about 45 so his bat to ball skills aren't the best but they're fine still only 20 years old you know he should get better with that um the good thing about Orelvis martinez though is he's got power like they put him at a 60 grade power right here which for a young guy who's got a massive torque and a swing like that he reminds me a lot of do you remember like miguel tejada in the mid uh, 2000s oh, uh, do i remember thing? miguel tejada yeah. of course i remember miguel tejada yeah if you want to talk about a shortstop with power who played against the jays uh right. yeah yeah, he, he he's a guy. Yeah, and so that's not the comp the scouts are giving, but me looking at his profile here, that's the kind of guy I imagine Orelvis Martinez turning into. A guy who's got a very good swing. He has a knack for finding the barrel. Like he's got a 10 uh, he's got he's an exit velocity monster with over a 10% barrel rate. Like you can't fake those numbers. Um, yeah. The only problem here is he can sometimes get lungy at breaking pitches and whatnot, but he's a toolsy prospect. The power is real, and it you can very well see this guy taking a step forward and being a lot better. Yeah, I uh, mean, a middle infielder, Jesse, with power is is a rare find. Like, let's be honest. We traditionally, your second baseman, your shortstops are short swinged contact hitters. You know, to be able to have, you know, a fine defender in the middle of the infield who can give you good power numbers is, you know, not a diamond in the rough, we'll say, um, but something along those lines of a rare find. And that would be very nice to have. You're starting to see more of them now as we get into like the late 2000s, more second baseman and stuff that can really go. But you're right. For years, you mm-hmm. didn't really see much of that. That's why Marcus Simeon just last year set the record for most home runs by a second baseman. Because he never really <laughs> natural short, <laughs> natural shortstop. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. You touched on Jordan Groshans. Um, he was the kind of the guy that was a prospect with Vlad, with Bo, but he got hurt for the year there. So he kind of had to stay back in the minor leagues. Um, when he was drafted, he was thought, like you kind of said, probably he's going to play some third base, play some second base. But he's still playing shortstop in Buffalo, I believe. So they're really giving him a hard look there. Uh, his swing, he's a very hard swinger. He always got like Josh Donaldson like comps. Now, I'm not saying Jordan Groshans is going to turn into Josh Donaldson. But the way he swings, and if you listen to Josh Donaldson talk hitting, Jordan Groshans kind of follows that. He's got the big leg kick. He goes through and, you know, he tries to get under the ball to lift it in the air. Um, I mean, the the build's different there as far as, like, you know, Donaldson and Groshans. I mean, when Donaldson came into the big leagues, people forget that he was an older fella, not yeah. an old man by any any stretch of the imagination. But when he came in with Oakland, I believe he was, you know, 27. 27, around right. 27, something yeah. like that. Groshans is a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, I have – I would say out of anyone we're going to talk about for prospects, I'm not saying Groshans is going to play this year, but I think 
for, you know, the amount of potential this guy has, I think it's the most for a position player. Well, we are missing one big position player prospect that we haven't even touched on yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Um, You're still talking about Jordan. Yeah, I think uh, Jordan Groshans, a good comp for him would kind of be what Evan Longoria has done lately. Not in his raised days, but since he's come to San Francisco, I don't think he's going to be a stud, but he's still going to be solid. He's still going to be good. He's going to be a core part in your lineup. That's kind of where I think uh, Jordan Groshans is going to end up. I would agree with you. Evan Longoria is a great comp. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks. Thanks I, would, I, oh. <laughs> I, know you, I know you said that maybe not the Tampa comparison, but you know how much time there is left on his clock, man? I mean, yeah. never say never as far as that goes, man. We don't know what kind of numbers this kid is going to put up. Like, he has not had a big league at bat yet. Anyone at a, who we're talking about right now has never had a big league pitch or at bat, referring mm-hmm. to pitchers and position players. Hey, he could be anything. That's the fun. That's why we dream on these prospects. That's why we dream. Yeah. Okay. Riley, I can't believe we talked about two prospects and we haven't talked about Gabriel Moreno yet. Yeah, well, I kind of kind of skipped my mind. I can talk about <laughs> I, I like I I was never a, one two things I was never and that was a pitcher or a catcher. I was definitely yeah. an infielder. Certainly wasn't a catcher, and that's I think why it slipped my mind. But if you want to talk about you know catchers, um, first of all, we have an abundance of them, and second of all, we might have the most MLB ready player in our farm system right now. Hey man, catchers are people too, you know. Catchers are people too, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, Gabriel Moreno. So he didn't start the year last year on the top 100 prospects, but when he got in, I, I don't remember exactly what league it is. It was either high A or it was double A. He hit the ground running. And that was after a hot ending to the season in 2019. So I don't think people were surprised when Gabriel Moreno came down here and just went on a tear. He um, he slugged over 650 in AAA. A slugging over six Like, for a catcher. Like, that's insane. People don't do that. People, like, Vladdy did that, sure, when he was in AAA. But Vladdy had the best minor league season any of us has ever seen. Gabriel uh, Moreno uh, yeah. was at that. A you know? catcher. Mm-hmm. So, t- time out. For the people okay. who don't know what, what I don't think we talked about. We talked about kind of getting the people who don't know certain things, which would be slugging. Right. So, if you hit a home run every game and just that, your slugging would be 1.000 or what we would call, you call it a thousand. Um, If you get a triple, it's 750 or decimal 750. So the fact that a catcher has between a triple and a double a game is, that's crazy. I mean, I, you say this number now and it completely blows my mind. So that's what got people excited about uh, Gabriel Moreno. He did that. Then he got a thumb injury. So people were worried, oh, crap, he's hurt. You know, small sample sizes. This is going to be the guy who really is. So the Jays sent him to the Arizona Fall League at the fall, and he just continued. He just kept raking. I don't think he won All-Star AFL MVP, but I know he came close. I know he got votes, and he was up there. Uh, I would actually – I'm – you know, dying of anticipation. I want you to read me his scout rating right this second, <sighs> because this is something that we need to hear because if anyone, I mean, I did talk about Groshans, I did talk about Martinez, but if anyone is really MLB ready, it is Gabby Moreno. 
the fact that we have so many good catchers in our organization is kind of what keeps him down a little bit. And I think that's okay because there's nothing wrong with a good catcher lighting it up in double A, triple A, because we don't want to ruin a guy. We don't want to just destroy his confidence. We don't want to, you know, ruin him. This is, you say Kirk's the catcher of the future, you know, and, you know, or Jansen or whoever, man, you know, 20, 20 on the nose, right? 20 years old, Gavin Moreno. 21. Well, he's 20 now. He'll be 21 before the season starts. Sure. So like as young as you can get for an MLB ready player. And, you know, as far as farmed guys go, um, that's insane. I mean, what this kid's done is insane. And the fact that he's slugged and hit as well as he has for a catcher, which mm-hmm. is, you know, historically and typically been the weakest hitting position in baseball. Now, let's not go a little crazy. Do remember that catchers do take a little bit more time to develop. They're like defensemen in hockey, mm-hmm. right? It always takes defensemen a little longer to develop before it does. Mm-hmm. For here, catchers are no exception. Um, but you wanted to hear the scouting report on Gabriel Moreno? Oh, dude, dude, I would yeah. absolutely love to hear these numbers. All right. So, again, it's on the 2080 scale, where if you're in the 60s, you're good. 50s, you're even pretty good. Gabriel Moreno has a 60 for his hit tool right now at age 21. 60. Comes on the back of an 11% strikeout rate. That can't be fake, right? He hits really hard with his exit velocity, and he barely strikes out. Like, that's just stuff you love to see. And in terms of just his bat control... He's got a 70 grade. 70 is elite. And the scouts are giving yeah. Gabriel Moreno an elite con- grade on his bat control. Um, Man, those, to me, those, like, if you're to talk about catchers that age, like, you're getting into just some, like, what I would call Johnny Bench and Yvonne Rodriguez numbers. Yeah. Like, in oh. my head, that's what it sounds like, Jesse. You <laughs> want to talk about, you want to <laughs> talk about upside. You know, you say numbers like that. And in my head, I think, okay, we got Bench with the Reds. And Pudge, yes, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, no, crazy numbers, man. And what about defense? What about defensively? So defensively, they gave him a 50 for his fielding, which at 21, you know, still, that's pretty good. You take that. And he's also, his arm also got a 50 grade. So he throws well, he can defend well. I haven't even talked about his speed on the bases, but Fangrass even gave his speed a 50. That's an above average base runner at a catcher position. Oh. Who is this guy? Um, He's certainly not A.J. Przezinski running the bases. (laughs) Holy moly. Yeah. And in terms of power, the power might be the thing that kind of holds him back. But you saw the slugging percentage in double A. He should still – he's probably a guy who's going to hit 20 home runs in a season, right? Um, Yeah. There's there's some talk. And he's also been really good at catching up to high speeds. Like pitches thrown 98 miles and above that you see minor league struggle with time. That didn't bother Gabriel Moreno. So, like, if you want to talk about a prospect who's – who covers everything you want. Gabriel Moreno is that guy. I mean, it certainly sounds with it when you, with those numbers. I mean, certainly when you talk about the velocity of pitches, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, uh, I'll say kid again, because they are kids, you know, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, facing pitches that are 97, 98, 99 miles an hour, you know, those are intimidating stuff when they're thrown, you know, you know, chest level, you know, on the inside portion of the plate that are in the strike zone. Um, but you think in your head that, oh, my God, that's going to hit me and be able to turn on that pitch and barrel that ball up. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's in, that's insane. And they're only going to get better. He's only going to get better. 
So I don't want to get too excited because like we said, catching prospects do take time to deliver. But if you are going to dream on a Blue Jays prospect, that can be another high impact piece that can be dominant. Gabriel Moreno is your guy. He's the guy you should watch with a star on a bullet and get excited because we're probably going to see him in 2022. Yeah, man, he could potentially be a Pat Borders. Mm. There's a flashback to the 90s if you're a, a Jays fan there. And hopefully some foreshadowing to a, <laughs> uh, um, a something for those of you who know who won a certain piece of hardware and whatever year. <laughs> That'd be great. And I don't want to alarm you, but Gabriel Moreno played some third base at the Arizona Fall League. The Jays are giving him looks at third base. And as we know, there's a hole for third base on this team right now. So... <laughs> Are they trying to push that to get him into the lineup? I don't know. We'll see. It'll be uh, one of the main storylines we get to watch in this season. Yep, absolutely. Uh, if you're interested in third base, send it to shackinson at gmail.com. <laughs> no, don't actually do that. I'm just screwing around. Uh, but there is a big hole at third base. I mean, nothing against Espinal. He is a great, what I would say, fifth infielder, a backup guy, um, mm-hmm. someone who does put up plus numbers as someone who's not, rated as a plus um, offensive player, you know, there's a lot of options that the Jays could go this year in filling that spot in third base. Yep. Including free agents and stuff, which we could touch on another time. Um, I mean, I'm going to touch through some other prospects in the blue Jay system that caught my eye. Uh, one of my favorites is Gunnar Hogland, which first of all, Gunnar Hogland, great name, 80 grade name right there. Uh, oh, absolutely. Dude. Yeah. If you wanted to, if you were to say, Hey, Without me watching the draft, when we drafted him, mm-hmm. hey, Riley, what do you think of Gunnar Hogland? I would say, <laughs> yeah, what team from Sweden does he play for? <laughs> right? what, a, what a name. Yeah. Uh, so he's 21 years old. He was a first-round pick of just last year's draft. And if you remember, because I watched the draft, because I'm nuts like that, um, the Jays had the 17th <laughs> overall pick. And Jays weren't going to get any of the top guys like Jack Leiter and um, – uh, Try to think, oh, Kumar Rocker, you know, we weren't getting any of those oh. guys. Um, but when they got to the Jays pick, the Jays took this guy who was recovering from a Tommy John surgery, who was, uh, who was pitching pretty well in college and had one or two shaky starts. And then it realized, yeah, he had an elbow tear. He had to go take Tommy John. But a lot of the scouts were saying about that is like, if this guy was healthy and if this guy was going, he would have been a top 10 pick in this year's draft. And I am always, always, always going to bet on upside, bet on talent. And, and Gunnar Hogland has the talent uh scouts gave him like the best control out of any pitcher period better than jackson joe better than jack Leiter, better than uh, the other guy i mentioned gunner hog better control than yeah that's the one then Kumar rocker yeah uh there's talk too that if he comes in i don't know where the jays are going to place him in the organization but if he comes in and hits the ground running, he could be a lot like Alec Manoa. Gunnar Hogland could be the first player from this draft class to come up to the big leagues. So he could be helping this Blue Jays team sooner rather than later. I think absolutely he is the first player to come up from this draft class. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he just got picked. I mean, at I would put him in double A. It he, would be he, aggressive, but yes, I'm, I think I'm with you. In like a four or five spot, I don't I like I don't know what to ask of these young guys. It all comes down to their confidence. And I was never a pitcher, but pitching has got to be so much more mental than I'm even thinking about. Like, where's this kid's mindset at? Like, if he's if he's in, you know, if he's riding on cloud nine, like let this kid pitch in double A and see what he's made of. 
and let him go. If he's putting up even a four-point low ERA, let him go because those aren't bad numbers for a prospect. The Jays historically, too, have really challenged their top prospects by putting them in higher leagues. Like we talked about Orelvis Martinez earlier in the show. He is, I think, the youngest or like in the bottom five of youngest players in his league right now. So the Jays have always done this, and it's a test to see, can these guys handle this, right? And if they can, well, then they're going to be ready for the big loops. Mm-hmm. Just a few other guys I want to touch on here. Uh, the Jays this offseason added two guys to their 40-man roster who we don't really know about. We added uh, Leo Jimenez, who was a shortstop, who we, uh, who we took in one of the international free agent rounds. Um, he's a bat-to-ball superstar, very high contact rate, very low strikeouts, uh, but he's never played above A-ball. So it's kind of weird that the Jays threw him on to their 40-man roster this year. I think they wanted to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of details to say on this guy. It's just that's kind of what he's good at. There's really not much power there, but I'll give you like a David Fletcher comp for him, like a guy who can just put bat on ball and go, <laughs> you know. I think, yeah, no, that's fine, Jesse. I yeah. think, um, you know, there are some guys who, you know, you, you could leave exposed and won't get. I think Fields and Palacios are two of those guys in our outfield. No disrespect on our outfield. We're a little bit thinner than most teams in our outfield. Um, but as far as, you know, protecting younger guys as being picked from the international draft, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I really do see what this kid does. And if not, I'm not like, again, like we have not played a single spring training game. I just want to repeat that before I make this statement. <laughs> there is uh, baseball players move all the time. Minor leaguers go from city to dang city. Mm-hmm. He is, it's a, it's, you know, trade bait, you know, you're basically working your minor league systems to create a good major league system or yeah, our major league isn't working out right now. So we're going to make our minor leagues good to potentially make our major leagues that, that yeah. much better. So it should be, um, So I don't know. The only thing I take away I can take from this guy is that the Jays really value that bat to ball skills. We talked about how Gabriel Moreno has that a ton. Alejandro Kirk, one of his best tools was his bat to ball skills. And so that seems like something the Jays have been targeting a lot lately with their guys is just how often they get bat on balls and avoid the strikeouts. So we'll see. Uh, You talked about trade bait, though. This next prospect is a guy who I think is actually going to be traded if we do make a big move. And it's Zach Logue. Uh, he's a low arm slot left-handed pitcher who can get quite a bit of rise from his four-seam fastball. Typical four-pitch mix. Um, he rose pretty quickly through the system last year. He went through double-A, and I think he finished his season in triple-A last year. Uh, he's interesting. He's not like the big prospect guy, but he had more than a strikeout per inning last year. Pretty good numbers all the way across the board. And I don't know if you remember late in the offseason when Ross Atkins was talking about this team, he mentioned Zach Logue by name a handful of times. Now, I don't know if he's genuinely excited about what this guy could be, or I think he's just trying to talk him up in order to get more trade value. So other teams hear him and they think, oh, Zach Logue, this is a guy we can go get. I mean, sports are pretty propagandist. If I'm to mention, you know, a certain player a number of times, if I'm a big, you know, here I am in my seat, general manager, and I go, <clears throat> shortstop jesse burl jesse burl jesse burl teams oh, are gonna guy. go and then he, he yeah, a wonderful dude and <laughs> hear that name you know perhaps that raises his his um you know his stock value right? his stock yeah. his value a little bit um i don't know what that goal was um we talked about a little before you know going on tonight i said uh you know what do you think of zach logue you know i like the fact 
because because as a lefty batter, I didn't hit worth a, you know, monkey's uncle <laughs> off a lefty. You know, for me, it's fun to watch a lefty pitch. But as you said, and I hope you get more into this, he just doesn't have that one thing that makes him a major league starter. And every pitcher that pitches in the major leagues that isn't what you would say a spot starter needs to have that one little edge that sets him Mm -hmm. over that next guy. I mean, he's got bad. All his pitches are fine. You know, the thing is, if we don't trade Zach Logue, we're going to see him in 2022, assuming he doesn't break an arm or fall apart or something. But he's, you know, he's well on track. So he will be making starts for this team if he doesn't get traded in 2022. So we'll talk more about Zach Logue when he does get the call up and how he looks and all that stuff. We can go there. Um, a couple prospects I just want to touch on, go through them quick. Some names to remember for this year. I want you to remember Ricky Tideman and Sam Roberisi. Just keep those names in the back of your mind. Uh, they're pitchers who are quite young in the minor leagues, but I think if they figure it out and take a step forward, could be guys we're talking about next year at this time when we're talking prospects. Um, but of course, these things are always changing, right? We'll talk about them as they come up. Yeah, good stuff, man. It's always fun to have names in the back of your mind when you're talking baseball that you forget that are in your minor leagues and all of a sudden, oh, this guy's hot. Oh, my God, I was thinking of this guy. Mm -hmm. What a player he is. Oh, well, we're calling him up. Oh, fantastic. I mean, it just – it. baseball is one of the most exciting sports as far as young talent goes for me and I think for a lot of people um, because the journey to the show, it's – When you're a hockey player, when you're a football player, when you get picked in the first round, you're probably going almost straight to the show. Baseball players have such a journey. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's often forgotten. You know, you know, you go through single A ball, double A ball, triple A ball. And if you falter, you know, at whatever step of the way you get set back, you know, Mm -hmm. you could have been the first round pick, but you're all of a sudden. You're in double A playing second base behind a guy who's 28 years old who might have been picked in the 17th round. Yeah, that's and that's an issue that baseball really has. Like when Kyler Murray was drafted by the Oakland A's uh, 11th overall, you know, he had the choice. Do Even though he liked playing baseball more, he's on record saying, I love baseball. Baseball was my passion. You know, he could have played football or he could have played baseball. And just the grind to have to go through the minor leagues. And like you said, if you falter one step of the way, you're in trouble. He didn't play baseball. He switched over and played football. And that's a problem baseball needs to decide. We need to get better athletes to choose to play baseball over these other sports. And I mean, we have two guys here that are, I would say, rule five eligible. We have two great middle infielders in front of us. Uh, One guy I would say has a 70 hitting tool. Uh, You know, the gentleman in front of me. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's crazy. The, the, journey that some guys take whether you're drafted or undrafted you know some guys are undrafted and find their way up to the mm-hmm. major leagues steve delabar was a oh, yeah. teacher we all well i can't say we all but those of you who remember steve delabar was an undrafted player who was a teacher and had i would say one of the best right-handed split finger fastballs yeah. for like two years he threw which uh, I know an immaculate sound, inning w- which I which I know sounds very specific, but when you talk <laughs> about baseball, you have to be specific, yeah. especially a guy, you know, um, you know, that was undrafted, you know, not sought out, things like that. Hey, that's all star Steve, tell Steve Delabar you're talking about. 
You're uh, absolutely right. I my my apologies. That is <laughs> Steve Delabar and All Star in 2011. I oh, couldn't 20... tell you the year. Holy cow! <laughs> Those of you who knew down in the comments, because I'm not letting this guy look that up. If you know what year Steve Delabar was an All Star, let us know. Yeah. All right, so that'll do it about the Blue Jays guys that we got to talk about. Um, I think we had some good discussion there about these prospects and, you know, about the managers. Um, I think that was great. We're going to move on now to some general baseball news. And I know something that I'm very excited about that I hope you're excited about is uh, I know you play a lot of MLB The Show and you've been playing it for years. And they just announced their new cover model for 2022. And who else? It's Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani has been the cover boy of everything. He was the story of baseball in 2021. He's been on everything like gq magazine for goodness sake just put shohei otani on the cover on it like this guy's everywhere so no real surprise that shohei otani was named cover boy i mean like like i said there were two al mvps last year <laughs> the real one being shohei otani but yeah. if when you can when you can basically babe ruth the sport of baseball you are an mvp when you have a if you can hit 40 home runs and have a sub four ERA, not a sub three, like if you can have a sub four ERA and still do the things he did, like it's insane. He is probably, you know, one of the most unique baseball players I have ever watched. His swing is the power. It's not man. What I, oh, the power it's, he generates. man, like he has more power in his and his back leg than I do in my entire body. Mm-hmm. I was so, so happy to see the full Shohei Otani experience last year. Like, it just feels so great. The one thing I'm wondering with MLB The Show now is that now that Shohei Otani is on the cover, when we go through and we play our road to the show, are we going to actually be able to be a full two-way player now? Because I don't think we could in any of the other MLB The Show games. I think you kind of had to choose one. So yeah, so so now you could actually um, select if you're a two-way player. Me personally, I like to keep things very realistic. So I make myself a, what is called, uh, it sounds, you know, um, you know, very, you know, kind of big headed, but it's called the anomaly. And for those of you yeah. who have watched me play baseball, I was a speed guy with a power bat uh, with a lackluster throwing arm and lackluster <laughs> contact. Um, it's called that. Um but if you're to go through now, like, cause I don't play the newest MLB. I right. play the one before, but nowadays, if you go through, you can play as basically a Shohei Otani. You can decide, like, if you're good enough in those games, like, ah, I might hit cleanup. If you're playing for a national league team and there's mm-hmm. no DH, hypothetically, you could pitch opening day and hit three spot for them. That's beautiful. Love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about the Shohei experience. That's the Shohei experience, except for I think that Shohei has too much speed that they won't keep him out of the one-two spot, the lineup, wherever he goes. Like, what can't he do, man? Honestly, I'm still in awe to this day. I, I know. I actually selected him in the 15th and 16th rounds, respectively, of my um, baseball draft, my fantasy draft for – fantasy baseball last year humble brag nice um i don't i don't know what happened to his rating i think it's because he was injured Mm. but really benefited me great pick man i'm proud of you uh with that being jesse yeah i've uh i've already pre-ordered mlb the show 22 i'm really excited to play it riley do you have a favorite baseball video game of all time 
Oh man, <laughs> I we didn't talk about this. I think you know what I'm gonna say. I think I, fire away and then see if it's what I'm thinking. MVP Baseball 2005. Nailed it. That's the one. Yeah. That is 100 percent the one with Manny Ramirez on the cover. Yep. I could. Da- <laughs> there was no Barry Bonds. I gotta roll up the sleeves for this one even to talk about. There was no Barry Bonds in this game. Yep. There was a guy, there was a guy named John Dowd. John Dowd, I remember was, that. Who yep. was basically Barry Bonds without, you know, any copyright infringement. I don't know even know what went on. At that point I was a uh, so 2005 so 7. Like you know, I was like an 8-year-old kid <laughs> yep. or whatever, you know, 9-year-old kid. Um playing this game and I was like, well, obviously that's supposed to be Barry Bonds and I even right. thinking of it. But also like one of my favorite Rockies of all time. Todd Helton was yep. one of the top rated guys. Pujols at the age of 25, if you played franchise or owner mode with that guy, he would just like, he would set records. Like he would like, I mean, set records. Like, yeah, I, I think the baseball viewer as of lately has just seen Albert Pujols with the angels. And they don't realize how much of a monster Albert Pujols was with the Cardinals. Like, man, uh, Jesse, I had, I've had this discussion with so many people. Yeah. When when you think of Albert Pujols, Jesse, be honest. What team do you think of him with? St. Louis Cardinals. I think of those home runs he hit in the okay. postseason. Okay, yes. Yeah. And you also think of Scott Rowland. With the Cardinals. Jim Edmonds. Cardinals. Yeah, exactly. Y- Yachty, obviously, obviously. Yeah. A very young Yachty or Molina, as I should say. Like, an unbelievable team. And Albert Pujols' numbers that – were unbelievable and if you play through those modes like Pujols like finishes his career with with just like I would say astronomical numbers mm-hmm. so that was a fun talk I I love the game everything was great about it I maybe I'll fire up the old uh, what ps2 and play again I don't know I mean, I'm an I'm an I'm an attend dog for all my Nintendo guys out there I only have a yeah. ps4 to play um the newer sports video games I'm an NHL MLB guy if I'm to play anything that isn't a sport game, it is on a Nintendo system because it's mm-hmm. either Zelda or Mario related. However, I do have MLB 05 for GameCube and 10 out of 10 would recommend. And you want to talk about, you know, guys, Dante Bichette isn't in it. <laughs> Craig, B- Craig Biggio and Vlad Guerrero Vlad Senior, yeah. I think, is the... He is the best-rated player under the age of 30 in that game. Check it out. There you go. Big five stars from us. Love that game. If you're ever into old video games, go back and play it. Uh, We also wanted to give one quick shout-out to, I know a guy we like, and then another guy who, I don't know if he would have been in MLB The Show uh, or MLB 2005, uh, but Jeff Francis, big Canadian guy who just got elected. Yes, he was. Was he in the game? Of course he was. And I I know who you know he pitched for. Yeah. The Rockies. He pitched uh, of course. long time with Colorado, yeah. Yes. Uh, 11-year big league career, eight with Colorado. He was actually on the Toronto Blue Jays 2015 team that we talked about earlier in the episode. Jeff Francis was on that team for a little bit. All accounts seems like a great guy. And just want to say congratulations, man, for getting into the Hall of Fame, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, that is. I mean, there has been a lot of Canadian pitchers that I've seen. I can, as a Jays fan, yes, I remember Jeff Francis. And then before that, I would say Scott Richmond. Like yeah. there hasn't, there has not been a lot of, and, and Fergie Jenkins, obviously we got a, like one of, I would say, obviously well, I wouldn't say like 
notably the greatest pitcher in Canadian history. However, Jeff Francis, congratulations. As a Southpaw who played in Coors Field mm-hmm. that kept a his year. ERA uh, and came to Toronto, like I can't reconcile his numbers in Toronto, but I know he was a above average pitcher as a left-hander that did not throw hard. Mm-hmm. I know he was good. Yeah, so now we have uh, Jordan Romano as the uh, Blue Jays Canadian player that's currently on the team to root for. So we're rooting for him out. We love Canadian ball players on this show. We're all about it. And we would love to see 50 saves this season out of <laughs> Jordan Romano. Yes, sir. All right, well, big shout out to him. Uh, Riley, we're going back to a trivia. So last week, do you remember what I asked you? Yeah, you asked me a real stumper, man. And honestly, I have thought about this and thought about this, dude. Like, right. it has been like a whirlwind of of like who's even in the hall of fame kind of kind of question so i know i said nine yeah let me just repeat the question don't ask me to yeah yeah so last week in our hall of fame episode i asked you if you can name how many players who are currently in the hall of fame played through toronto at some point in their career so you guessed nine out of the dark you've given it more thoughts what do you think Am I allowed to name the – can I Can I go through – I haven't used Google or anything like that. Yeah. But so Henderson, yep. Molitor. Yep. Um, Winfield. Yep. Frank Thomas. That's four. Yep. Roy Hallett. Roy Halliday's five. Yep. Alomar. And there's one more, so I'm going seven. Okay. You're locking it in? Yeah. Seven. The answer, the answer is eight. eight oh! <laughs> yeah. who, who am so I missing, close. dude? Um, one of our Twitter followers actually mentioned uh, Phil Necro was one of those no. guys that played in the through the seven, Blue late, late 70s? Yes, who was in the Hall of Fame, no. who uh, also there. But you got all the other ones. All Yo, the sevens were who good. was that follower? That's a great... <laughs> I'd have to go back and look it up, but uh, they, they killed it. One of our shout loyal... Out to, yeah. Shout out to him, man. Good mm-hmm. for you, man. I would have never thought of that. Um, and I was kind of a trick question because Bobby Cox as a manager and Pat Gillick as a GM are also in the Hall of Fame. So I would have accepted those two as well. But not bad, man. You nailed the first ones. You did really close on this one. I think we still call that a win for you. I mean, like, you know what? That's a, you know what? We'll call that in baseball ter- terms. The first one, I hit a hard line drive up the middle. This mm-hmm. one, I hit one to the warning track and the right fielder just had me played perfectly yeah perfect good analogy all right so for today's trivia question because we got to leave you on something here and if you guys watching on youtube and stuff think you know the answer leave it below this is another one riley where it has multiple answers to it are you ready oh i'm always ready jesse okay perfect with shohei otani being made the cover athlete of mlb the show 2022 how many mlb the show cover artists can you name and note we're looking for the american version not the canadian cover version Dude, this is this is too like. Are we doing two? Like, I can do two K and MLB. Now, so, MLB the show. so Joe Mauer, Joe Mauer, Joe Mauer. <laughs> he yeah. was on so many. Like, he was on two. What? Oh, not three. I only oh, have oh, nine, two. Oh, so. oh, not oh nine and ten. Uh, ten yeah, and eleven. I think so. Ten and eleven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then we'll go. Okay. How many MLB the show athletes? Cover athletes. Besides, yeah. besides Shohei. So we got we got Tatis. Yep. We got Javi. We got Javi Baez in yep. 20. Hey, I'll we give got you some, Bry- yeah. Bryce Har- Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge. Yeah. 
Holy cow. <laughs> six. I think, I think the Comets are going to have to take 16 to, to 11 or to 12. I and mean, because I can only name the Canadian versions. I've only ever had the Canadian versions, Jesse. That's, that's the thing. That's what makes it a little tougher. So, um, yeah, if yep. you guys are watching, leave your answer down below. Tell me what you think. I thought this was a fun one. You got a few of them right, Riley. I don't think you guessed one wrong. So, that was no, pretty good. No, but I, will, I actually will we'll add it, um, that I don't know what the year was, but Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, he was uh, 2013. Andrew McCutcheon was on there. Perfect. I'm only working – uh, kind of backwards, kind of forwards. It's a hard question, folks. I mean, if you buy if you buy MLB the show every year, you know, hats off to you. But for a guy who either gets a Canadian edition or gets one every couple years, it's a harder question. All right, so that's all we got for today, Riley. Is there anything you want to add? No, um, I actually have my own segment I want to do right quick. Right. Um, because we are Buds and Blue Jays, and I've been drinking one of my favorite beverages. Budweiser yeah. beer. Um, I have a this buds for you segment, and that is Jeff Francis getting Absolutely, inducted yeah. into the ba- baseball hall of fame. Jeff Francis, this buds for you. You did a great job pitching in one of the hardest ballparks to pitch with, and you pitch for Canada's team. Jeff Francis, this buds for you. And uh, Budweiser, if you're listening and you want to sponsor us, that shout out is free. We'll, we'll take money for the next ones coming up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Jesse, I honestly can't think of a better spokesperson than myself, but I mean, that's just <laughs> a biased thing. You know, we had some fun with this one, guys. You know, all joking aside, um, I, Jesse and I are both pretty upset that the lockout, if you want to call this going on right now, we're trying to make light of everything that's going on right now, but there is a lot to look forward to with this Jays team. The organization is stacked from head to toe. And if, Tomorrow, if they were to turn things around and play out the whole season, we are so ready to take mm-hmm. the AL East. Yeah, we're going to be with you every step of the way. I can't wait. I know we're both looking forward to it. Uh, but that's going to do it for our episode today. Thanks for tuning in. I think next week we're going to talk about what's next for this Blue Jays team. Maybe some pieces we can add, some guys we can acquire and trade, maybe some free agents we can look for. So that stuff's a lot of fun, too, trying to find stuff like that. Uh, make sure you check out our friends over at Leafs and Lads. We're into the month of February now, so it's trade season around the hockey world. So a lot of Leafs rumors. Din, Isaac, and Mark have you covered over there. Uh, we just had our, our post featured on CounterbalanceCanada.com, where there's a nice little blog about us. So go ahead, check that out. Go give them some views as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at BudsJays and send us an email at BudsAndBlueJays.com. Uh, and if, hey, if we get enough questions, we can do a questionnaire. We can answer your questions. Or if you want to be a guest on the podcast, like, Sure. Hit us up and we'll come do that. Um, Yeah. Until then, we'll see you guys later. Thanks, guys.